Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Hey, everybody. Yes, we have done a technology downgrade, and uh, we'll, we'll navigate it. Um, sorry for the ecological implications of me printing this sermon out today. <laughs> oh man, I hadn't thought about that. And then stuff just comes out of my mouth when I get up here. It's just weird. Kim's like, just filter, filter, filter. I want to thank you, Ben Moss. Ben Moss. Where is Ben Moss? There he is for preaching last week. Did a great job. Enjoyed the seniors getting honored last week too. That was really, really powerful, special. And uh, so thankful for this senior class. I just want to be able to say that myself too. I'm really thankful for this group. And uh, okay, so if you would open your Bibles to Mark 4 verse 33. We're going to be looking at 4. We're going to be looking at the end of 3. We're going to be doing a flyover today of a lot of different things and talking about some implications for our lives. And I, you know, I almost called this as much as they could understand. Here's why. Verse 33 of chapter 4, Mark, with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word, the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. And so, I almost call this as much as I could understand because I wanted to emphasize how much walking in the kingdom, walking as a disciple of Jesus is a journey. It is a process. Nobody has arrived. Can I get a witness out there? No, nobody's arrived. And so we're all, if we'll maintain a heart of a learner, a disciple, someone who's committed to lifelong growing in the process, it's just going to serve us. Ah, it's going to serve us really well. And I'll try to figure out, figure out this. Um, so the challenge then is for us to have this attitude of being filled, keep on being filled, to believe, to obey, to respond. And it is absolutely transformative when we do that. It transforms us from the inside out when we commit to do that. And it actually is God's plan for changing the world. He wants to change the world inside out with us as image bearers of God on planet Earth. And so is this message relevant for 2021? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I, I feel like a broken record sometimes, always pulling back and with all the different things and all the different opinions and all the different issues and ways of viewing things to pull back and go, you know, Jesus has a plan. Jesus has a plan. It's called the kingdom of God. And he wants to see that kingdom reigning on planet earth. And when it's reigning on planet earth, when he is reigning in people's hearts, things get made right. People love one another. People help one another, serve one another, come under one another, are willing to die for one another. This is the way of the kingdom. It's the way of the cross. But it is a challenge and it is a mystery. And so that's why I stand up here week after week and proclaim Jesus Christ to you. 
That's why I stand up week after week and proclaim the kingdom of God. There is power in us announcing the reign of God on planet earth. It changes things in our hearts. And it doesn't matter if you're a five-year believer or you're a 25-year believer or you've been in the Lord 50 years. Everybody needs to hear this. You can, there's lots of opportunities to say amen. So here's the main thing I'm trying to say today. In a soundbite, it is this. I'm really just got, I just have one point. God wants us to be intentional, to be filled with Jesus in his kingdom message. Does that sound solid enough for you? Be filled with Jesus. As N.T. Wright, one of my theological uh, mentors, would say, the whole point of the Gospels is to tell the story of how God became king on earth as in heaven. That's what's going on in the Gospels. Now, I'll tell that story in just a minute. And if that's true, then no one can remain unchanged. We don't just believe that Jesus is the king and we've all arrived. So everybody, there's room for everybody to respond to this message. We're going to have some ministry time. Everybody can respond. We should respond when we hear the kingdom message, the kingdom story. It affects how we live our lives. And so last week, here we go, Ben finished with talking about Jesus appointing the 12. And so I just want to, I'm going to start there, just, but I can't, you know, the thing about Jesus appointing the 12 is that is just loaded and thick with meaning. It's not just, he just kind of picked the number 12, said, how many disciples should I have? How about 12? It's not the way it works. It's all part of this big story, right? A big story, the the story of creation, the story of God, the story of redemption, the story of the kingdom, the story of what God's doing on planet earth. And so in creating, just we'll just start there, a God of love, we know he's a God of love because it says before the world ever existed, that God created us with a plan to adopt us into his family. It's a plan of love. Chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, right? So so that's what's going on here. This God of love creates. And then he begins to fill the creation with land and sea and sky and plants and trees and animals. He's filling the creation with humans. He's filling the creation and he wants us to be filled with him. He wants to fill the whole creation with who he is so that he can love us and and we can be image bearers on planet earth, carrying his image and his authority and his life and his reign, and multiplying that life for his glory on planet earth. This is God's plan before the fall, and it hasn't changed. It's the same plan. It's still going down. It's like people filled with the image of God, representing God in the creation. That's God's plan. So if you think about what an ancient temple did, you have an ancient temple and it's the place where kind of heaven meets earth. You got the temple of Apollos or the temple of Artemis or the temple of Dagon or all these different. It was kind of where heaven met earth. And they would put an image of the God 
in that temple where heaven met earth, and they would, that's how they would worship. Well, the, the, the parallel for us is that God made the creation to be where heaven and earth meet. And he put us as his image bearers in the middle of this heaven and earth intersection. And he wants us to be image bearers who fill the planet with his glory and goodness and rain and righteousness and love and peace. Preaching. And so, bummer, the fall happens. We just say bummer together. Bummer. That's a bummer, man. You know, it's a terrible bummer. And we give up something in the fall. We give up the image of God. It's something is lost in us. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory, the image of God, right? So that's what sin is. And so, but God doesn't stop. He's going to keep working this plan. So he comes to this pagan guy in the area of Babel and he calls this guy, Abram. He says, come follow me and I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless through your family, all the nations of the earth. And Abraham has a son named Isaac and Isaac has a son named Jacob. His name eventually is Israel. And Israel has, uh, oh, was it seven? He has 12 sons. And they become the 12 tribes of Israel. And they're ultimately, they go into bondage, but God leads them out of bondage through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, and into the promised land. But the Israelites keep blowing it again and again, living out the fallen nature of humanity. Just like, just like all of us. Living out the fallen nature of humanity. They, at one point, they even say, we don't, we, we want a king like all the other nations. And so God says, okay, it's, it's Samuel. I know you're upset, but it's me that they're rejecting right now as king. And so Saul becomes king. And then David becomes king. And David says, I'm going to build a temple. I'm going to build a temple for God in, in, and Nathan the prophet comes to David and says, no, actually, you're not going to do it, but you're going to have a son who will. And he, your son, this son is going to be on your throne, and it's going to, he's going to reign forever and ever. And he's the one who will build a house for me where heaven meets earth and where my image is fully seen in glory and wonder and power. Y'all tracking with me? So this son then, Jesus, through all, you track all the years down to when Jesus comes and he comes on the scene and he's baptized and then he goes out preaching this message that we went over a few weeks ago in Mark 1, 14 and 15. The time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. And there is power in that message. We have been living in the tour de force of the kingdom messages we're going through the gospel of Mark. You know, and it's not like the way we often, and I, I feel like I'm constantly just subverting the, uh, the gospel of my personal salvation and I'm out of here. Because you read the gospel of Mark and it's like he's proclaiming the kingdom of God, that God reigns, get your life in line with the reign of God. And he's demonstrating it. It's, it's the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so then when Ben gets to last week, he's appointing 12, not a random number, right? I mean, the tribes have been scattered. The northern tribes, 700 years at that point. The rest, 500 years. The tribes haven't been together. And Jesus now is calling 12 around himself. 
as if Israel's God really is back on the scene. And he's calling 12. He's reconstituting Israel around himself. The servant of the Lord, the suffering Messiah, the King, the Lord. He's doing that around himself. And in this next section in Mark chapter 3, uh, it goes on and the fa- his family comes to him. They think he's crazy and they're going to take him because he's saying all these things. He's doing all these things. He's healing and casting out demons. The Pharisees look at that and they say, it's accusation, right? It's this accusation. You're doing that by the power of Satan. And Jesus looks at him and says, look, and it's a kingdom word that he brings to them. If Satan is driving out demons, then that kingdom cannot stand. It's a house divided, which is a really great word, not just for Satan's kingdom, but for the kingdom of God. We are in this together with all of our other brothers and sisters around the world that are saying, Jesus Christ, you are the Lord. That's dead center for us, right? By tracking. So the kingdom answer there then is, Man, do not divide the house. Do not participate with the spirit of Satan in accusing our brothers and sisters. I mean, just really be, I did this a few weeks ago, but really be sensitive when accusations coming out of your mouth. When you're accusing brothers and sisters, like, whoa, I want to, you know, Jesus, if they're, not a, if they're not against me, they're for me. The last thing he prays is unity, 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 unity. Let them be one as we are one. Father, that kind of love and mutual self-giving, unity in the name of Jesus. Yes. And uh, it was just a slight reprieve. (laughs) Woo! Trying to preach. So back to the point for the day. What's the one, one thing I'm saying? God wants us to be intentional, to be filled, our minds, our hearts, our lives, with Jesus and his kingdom message. The kingdom message. Yes, Lord, do it. So as we go through, I just want to read a little bit here from Mark 4, the parable of the sower. And as we go through this, look for the seed. Look for the word and know, and it's, it's lots of things, but it is first and foremost the message of the kingdom of God. It's the good news of the kingdom. And we want that thing taking shape in us and filling us and making a difference in our lives. Here we go. Father, bless the reading of your word. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large, he got into a boat and sat out in it on the lake while all the people were going along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some a 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, 
Let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving. May be ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the seed. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And other seed, like others, like seed sown on the rocky places, hear the word and receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And still others hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Then others, like the seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Okay, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, just a couple things here. We're looking for the message of the kingdom. The seed is the message about the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And Satan wants to steal that word from going into us and from it landing. And that's why sometimes I think when I stand up and I preach the gospel of the kingdom it, in a context where in our context in, in the West and then in the U.S., we've so, uh, we've just, uh, We've so taken the gospel down to just the least common denominator, vanilla kind of part of it, and say, you can be forgiven and go to heaven when you die, which is not untrue. It's just the gospel of the kingdom is like the fullness of all that God's wanting to do on planet earth. It's, it's, it's forgiveness and freedom and deliverance and healing. It's a different attitude, a mind, a, a different kind of life, a love, a giving, a serving, a laying down our lives. The gospel of the kingdom is like, you know, it's, it's the bushel that has all the apples in it. It's not just one of the apples, right? So it's just huge. Satan wants to steal that. And here's the thing is you can receive this with joy and still miss the kingdom harvest in your life. And that's for all of us. It's a, just a warning for all of us, you know, to an encouragement, an exhortation. For all of us, I mean, the things that steal it, uh, Satan stealing it, trouble and persecution uh, stealing it is, is another piece. I mean, we have been through, the Greek word for trouble is thlipsis, T-H-L, it's kind of hard to say, thlipsis. And, and it has to do with pressure and tribulation, trials, stuff we don't choose for each other, but God uses that stuff when it happens in our lives to create growth and for us to go deeper, for us to press in to the Lord. I got a letter from two Persian missionaries that are, uh, when I get a letter, I never know when I'm going to get a letter from them. I keep a picture, if you've been in my office, I keep a picture of these two uh, women on my desk and pray for them. And they are, uh, I suppose they're getting close to 70 now. 
never married, praying, kind of move mysteriously around the world. They're powerful in the Lord. Our dear friends, I'm going to read you a couple paragraphs. Our heart is full of thanksgiving for each and every one of you and your ongoing prayer for us. Sounds like the Apostle Paul. That's kind of how I saw the letter and I was like, oh my goodness, you know, they've written, you know. God is answering your prayer every day for us. As you lift us up before his holy throne, what can we say? How can we ever thank you for remembering us before our Father in heaven for many years? We are in the Middle East now, and we've been here for two years. He is showering his blessing on us in our ministry in answer to your prayer. We cannot keep up with all the precious souls who are transformed and desire to follow our Lord Jesus fully. Our ministry is a joy. These are happy women. In their simplicity, they just want to know him better and please him in everything they do. Most of them have very little of what the world has to offer, but they are content with what they have. At this time of world crisis, the hard times that the world is experiencing and going through are the severe birth pains of the nations to be born into the kingdom of God. Great numbers are seeking and finding him everywhere. And he is also preparing his bride to be closer to him for all eternity. It is such a joy to be a part of his great work and his wonderful plan in the world. Each one of us has a very important part to play, especially in this time of history with prayer. You know, I don't know if you guys realize this, but trouble doesn't mean the church doesn't grow. Pressure, tribulations doesn't mean that the church doesn't grow. The church, the fastest growing church right now in the world is the Iranian church. Under the most persecution, percentage-wise, far out exceeding anything else that's happening in the world. Just growing like crazy, radical. I just saw, a, 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 not killer, uh, an incredible uh, video last week, Sheep Among Wolves. Man, it was just a testimony about the, about the Iranian believers and just is powerful. And there's trouble, though. There's persecution. There's, there's not knowing if a spouse is going to see their spouse when they leave the house, if they'll come back. I mean, it's just incredible persecution. And 1 Thessalonians 3, excuse me, 5 verse 3, warns us about the danger of saying peace and safety when it may cause us to miss, to, to fall away because it's hard, you know. And I want to encourage us on that. Like, you know, there are theologies out there that say that the church doesn't go through tribulations and trials that, that, that we're out of here. You know, like, uh, what's the, the left behind stuff? You know, and I don't, don't know where everybody's at on that. And everybody's got really quiet right now. But my point there is to, if you've got an out of here theology, it's not going to help you when you're going through suffering and trials. I mean, tell that to the church in Iran or China or Myanmar right now. I mean, the church is suffering and the church is growing. In all of those situations, even the latest Barna survey, just I just came across this number, says that 20% of those in America who attended church before the pandemic are not going to church in person or online. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm not surprised by that. I mean, I, I didn't hear the old 80% numbers 20 years ago and go, oh yeah, 80% of all Americans are walking with Jesus. 
You know, there is this gospel of the kingdom. But the thing I love about it is that it cuts through this, it cuts through this overly simplistic, I drive past a church, therefore I must be a Christian idea in the West, right? And so we want to follow Jesus and not let trouble or persecution, not let the worries or the deceitfulness of wealth squeeze in on us so that it chokes out the roots of life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't do everything and walk with Jesus wholeheartedly. And it's a battle. Somebody say amen. I mean, it, it is a battle, you know, and we will get filled up on something else if we're not intentional about being filled up with Jesus and his kingdom message. And, but, but when that happens, you know, there's this unbelievable kind of fruit that happens 30, 30 times over. Or a seed lands 60 times over. Or 100 times when this message gets in and it starts to bear a harvest in our lives. And why is this so important? It's because, you guys, the world is groaning to see image bearers live this out. I mean, the world is absolutely groaning right now. All are shaking. There's shaking going on. And God wants his image bearers to rise up into this moment, into this moment in time and proclaim righteousness and proclaim justice and proclaim peace and proclaim the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe. Order life to Jesus. You know, I'm speaking on Wednesday at this thing called Plant Fort Worth. It's like some pastors and church planters and stuff. And they'd asked me to, to speak. And, and I saw the little, they had some email stuff. I had my picture on it. And I, well, not a good picture. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I, I sent this thing. Say, come and hear lessons from years and years on the front lines. I sent the text to Kim. I was like, hey, does it make me sound old? And she sends back crying eyes. She says, um, yes. But one of our lessons, you guys, as a church, as church planners for all these years, is to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. That years and years ago it was prophesied over us that we would be a light and a beacon for the gospel of the kingdom. I really believe that's part of why there's such tenacity to go on with Jesus, to worship, to pray. It's not fluffy. It's the, it's, it's, we're in. We are in heart, body, soul, all that we are. We are in on the gospel of the kingdom. It's a major lesson. I need to preach that on Wednesday over there. But Jesus said in verse 24 then, consider this carefully. Consider carefully how you listen. How, how are you listening to this word? Let it go in deep. You know, it's so easy to be distracted. And I just want to, Jesus, oh, Lord, help me to hear you. Jamie, help me to hear you. Help me to walk with you. Help me to obey you. Help me to trust you. This is walking and believing the gospel of the kingdom. And the promise is, when we do that, that even though we can't see what's going on, we're being changed. Even while we're sleeping at night, it says it grows all by itself. Uh, there is a mystery to what I'm saying here. It's, in proclaiming the kingdom, it's like I'm sharing the seed with you, 
but it's going to go in and it's going to start doing stuff and you don't even know how it all happens. And all by itself, while you're sleeping, it grows. And even though it's this little bitty seed, like a mustard seed, it grows up into something strong that can, that can handle the winds and, and other people can, birds can come and, you know, just get something that's so helpful and huge, even though it's something that seems so little. And he preached this to them as much as they could understand. So again, I, I know it's a mystery. I know it's something that we, we keep processing. And we keep chewing on it. And if you will, swallow it. Get it down inside. Lord, let it grow a harvest in us. And so the chapter there ends with Jesus calming the storm. I'll read this and just a couple of final thoughts. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him and a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. And that's the question, right? Who is Jesus? Who is this? And even though Mark is, there's some mystery in the way Mark unfolds his gospel, he's wanting us to know, oh yeah, this is the Lord. This is Israel's God in the flesh. Who does calm the wind and the waves? Well, the Old Testament tells us again and again and again that only the Lord does that. And so I'll just read a couple of passages here. Psalm 65 verses 5 through 9. Your answer, you answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God, our Savior. God, our Savior. The hope of the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who transformed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, and who stilled the roaring of the seas and the roaring of the waves and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. Powerful. Psalm 89 verse 9. You rule over the surging sea. When, it, when its waves mount up, you still them. Psalm 107, 28 and 29. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper and the waves of the sea were hushed. You guys... Jesus is doing and proclaiming and saying and living out the things that Israel's God was doing and saying and proclaiming. It's powerful. Israel's dream is actually happens. And this is what it looks like, the gospel of Mark, when God comes and when God becomes king. And all the places where, well, that's, I just didn't think about it like that. Or I haven't thought about it like that. That's all right. That's all right. It's an opportunity for us to grow. I didn't hear it that way growing up. I didn't hear this kind of emphasis on the reign of God. 
You know, scholars, everybody's in agreement. Jesus' message was the kingdom. His message is the kingdom of God. And so I'm just finished with a couple of just thoughts about hard times. You know, the church that Mark was first writing to, of course, the gospel went broad, but it was first written in the early 60s to the church in Rome. Nero's, the, the emperor at the time, they think maybe that Peter had just been martyred. And so he's writing to encourage the church. They believe these things, but he's writing to encourage them. Kind of Peter's gospel through Mark, the way Peter would say it. They're at the center of the empire of the entire world, and yet there's all this tension flowing in and around them. And he writes the, Mark, uh, the gospel of Mark not long after the letter to the Romans was written, maybe 55. And Romans, like there's all of this tension. And I, here's, I, I just want to highlight this. In 49 AD, the emperor Claudius evicted the Jews from Rome. He kicked all the Jews out of Rome. And you see some of that in Acts 18, uh, uh, Apollos and uh, blanking on her name. But uh, so they were somewhere else because of the, the, the Jews being kicked out of, of, of Rome. So not long after that, Romans is written and Romans is written to now the Jews are coming back into the church in Rome and, and Romans is written in the middle of that tension. There's all kinds of tensions there between Jew and Gentile, between races, between the privileged and between the, the not privileged. And he's right. If you read Romans backwards, kind of start at the end, you kind of figure out, oh, that's where he's going with all of this theology stuff that he had at the beginning. It's about getting people to get along in the midst of tension. By tracking. So, so it's about people getting along together that have different opinions about stuff, different opinions about food. And like, you're wrong if you eat that food. You're wrong if you drink that wine or don't drink that wine or you're wrong. It's like, if you don't observe this day, you're wrong. And so into that, Paul says, it's not eating and drinking. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so Lord, help us. Righteousness. And I mean, I could throw all kinds of, of our current stuff in there. And it, just I'm, I'm going to do it gently. But the kingdom of God is not a matter of, of masks or, or vaccines or partisan political views that you need to have or I need to impose on you or, Right? The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us. And we're learners in this. We're learners in this season together. Together, learning to laugh again. Learning to laugh. Can somebody say, learning to laugh? And, but there's also learning to cry and lament when hard stuff's happening. I'm not good at that, but I, I need to learn. Learning to eat together again. Oh my God. We had 150 people at, I want, at Joe T's. I want to say Trader Joe's again. <laughs> Wouldn't work. We'd all be waiting in line outside. Learning to eat together. Oh, it's so good learning to eat together. 
breaking bread together, learning to have faith in God together, learning to believe the gospel of the reign of God together, learning to live out this love together. And how do we do it? We need to be intentional. This, I've got to be intentional about this, about my life group, about discipleship, about coming together, about eating meals. I've got to be intentional, to be filled, to believe and obey and to hold on to the seeds and not let them get stolen. Trouble to push them out. The worries and cares of life to choke it out. I've got to just, oh Lord, you are the Lord of us together. Jesus, do it. And we want to be like the Romans that received that word and like what the kingdom of God really is about. We are a gathering of people, you guys, from all walks of life. All around this, all around this parking lot, everybody that's worshiping with us online, we've got all these different backgrounds, all different kinds of tribes. There's different ethnicities, but there's different socioeconomic stuff. There's different things that we would just naturally gravitate toward as our tribe. But God is cutting across those lines. He's bringing the dividing wall down so that we can be one people together. It's just absolutely huge. He's doing it through the life, the ministry, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of our Lord. He is Lord of heaven and earth. And one day, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 tells us there's coming a time when everything in heaven and on earth is going to be brought to unity under the headship of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen, Lord, do it. So how do we do this? We do it together. We do it together. We, we do it together in the church. And sometimes I feel like I'm being so basic about this. I'm not trying to be pedantic or teachy. You know, I'm, I'm not like I got called on it. Friday, I said something, you know, she didn't understand something and I went lower and slower. Don't do that. <laughs> Jordan's getting married soon. It, it doesn't work. What I said was, let me say this slower so that you can understand this. It's, and so I feel like I'm being basic, but it's we are the church. We are the focal point of the reign of God on earth. He is the head of all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So uh, that is just like, we turn, so, so we turn toward each other. We don't turn away from each other. We turn toward each other. We love one another. All those one another's, that's what we're trying to do here together. Encourage, serve, come under, share, share meals together. The one another's, we practice forgiving because we don't do it perfectly but we practice it we practice forgiving we practice being faithful we practice being accountable to all the times of our lives we need we need if, if there's ever been a time where we needed to live this out you guys it's it's right now it, it really is it's right now the time has come for us to do this and i'll I tell you why <clears throat> Why is the church in Acts 2 so wonderful? Why is the church in Acts 11 so beautiful to us? I, I'm still, you know, you, all those years ago going, hey, could we see church life like we read about here in the Bible? That was our dream, right? Let's do church like we, like we see in the Bible. And it's still there. And the reason we dream about it is because they were doing what we are longing to do, to be that 
that kind of people. All of that. So the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Align our li- align your life. I, I want to align my life with the truth of the gospel of the kingdom of God. You know, and when we do that, and we start walking in the rest of God in the midst of unbelievable anxiety, we are going to be a force for peace and righteousness. It, you know, it's interesting. We were at uh, Joe T. Garcia's, and uh, not Trader Joe's, and um, and it started to rain. And I just happened to be around, I don't know, five, six different people that in that moment started speaking to the clouds and saying, Lord, stop the rain in the name of Jesus. Just natural, just normal, and the rain stopped. And the Lord wants to do something so much greater in the midst of the storm that we're experiencing right now in America. He wants us to be people of peace and rest who walk in the grace of God and the reign of God and the life of God and the love of God and speak peace to the storms around us. And it's going to mean all kinds of sacrifice and the cross for us for sure. But He wants to fill the creation with His image bearers. He wants to fill you personally and He wants to fill the creation. And I'm just saying, Amen, Lord. Do it. Do it in us. Do it through us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So stand up if you would. Thank you, Lord. Aaron, guys, come on up. So I just want to give a couple different ministry team. Come on up as well. If you're serving on the ministry team, help us pray for people. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, you know, the, the, the first thing I want to say here is just believing, believing this message and really ordering life in this direction is a, it's a change of, it's a change of life. It'll change your life for the better. It's, it's the best life. It really is the best life. And living this way. And I want to encourage you, if you've not put your faith in the Jesus who preaches about a kingdom that's coming on earth as it is in heaven put your faith in him trust in him he died for you he paid the price he 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 took our sin with him to the cross and not just our sin so that we could be forgiven that's true but also to deal with us the sin factory that we are so that we can say i've been crucified with christ me too and i live now by his life he is alive in me and the life i'm living i'm living by faith in the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if that's you responding to this message, believing in a fresh way, I'm not gonna, I, I don't know where you're at in crossing that line. If you cross the line, fine. If you haven't, come and get prayer. But be clear in your own heart that I'm going to believe in the gospel of the kingdom of God and of the reign of God. And for a lot of us, this being filled message is like, wow, Lord. I just want to re-up with you here today. I, I, I want to do a re-up right now in my heart to be intentional, to be filled with Jesus, His Spirit, the love of the Father, and this kingdom message that is making things right in the world. So Father, whatever the need is of my brothers and sisters, 
If you and also guys, if you have a need for healing or just prayer, please come. Take advantage of this opportunity right now, just in the moment, to, to receive prayer. Father, we love you. Meet us right here in this moment as we respond to you with all of our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. You guys come, get prayer, get prayed for, especially if you just in some way need to respond to this repent and believe message of the gospel of the kingdom of God.